At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today we invite you to join us in our message series and dive deeper into what God's Word has for us today. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good? A little bit? Yes? Let's, 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 let's do that again. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? There we go. A little excitement after Christmas. Well, hey, my name is Caleb. Thanks for joining us, whether you're here in person or online. Uh, I got the honor and the privilege to serve here on staff. Before we get into our message today on storms, I kind of want to share a little bit of a story with you guys. I have a picture that I want to show you guys to see if you guys recognize uh, this picture. Does anybody recognize where this is taking place? Maybe if you're online, you can throw it up in the comments if you know uh, where this lighthouse is located. Does anybody know where it's located at? David, you think you do? Close. It's just further west. Whitefish Point is on the eastern part of the UP. This is Copper Harbor Lighthouse. Copper Harbor Lighthouse is at the very northern tip of the Upper Peninsula. Growing up, uh, we took a trip every summer, uh, about a week, week and a half, to the UP. My mom took my brother, my sisters, and I, and we went camping. It was a really, really good time. I have so many memories of camping all over the UP. Well, this year, we had the opportunity to go to the Copper Harbor area, to the up there, and interesting part about this lighthouse is it's completely surrounded uh, by private land. So it's kind of on a peninsula, and the only way to access the lighthouse or visit the lighthouse is to charter a boat. So this summer, I was about 11 years old, and we decided to go to the lighthouse. So we chartered a boat. Uh, we took a, a short drive over the bay to this lighthouse and spent all day exploring kind of uh, this lighthouse and the area around it. Again, I was 11, so you can imagine uh, me a little bit shorter, a couple pounds less. Uh, I love adventure and thrill. I love to have fun. I love to explore. Uh, and so that's what I did. My, my brother and I spent all afternoon kind of going all over this peninsula, exploring the lighthouse and the surrounding area. Well, if you know anything about uh, Lake Superior, uh, storms roll in pretty quickly. And so we, I was, dusk was setting in, it was our time to come back uh, to the marina, and a storm uh, had rolled in. Again, I was 11, I was kind of excited about this, because uh, looking out across the bay, these waves were sweet. I'm like, this is going to be an awesome time, like, I'm ready for this. My mom, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, I have a little sister who's 10 years younger than I am, so if I'm 11, she's one. Uh, I, have two, I have a little sister and a little brother and an older sister, so my mom's like, what is going to happen? And so we're on this boat. It was a great ride back uh, for me and my brother. Uh, we were sitting back with the captain just loving life. We were completely soaked. My mom and my sisters were uh, not so much. They were, my mom was very, very nervous, very frightened the entire time. Uh, it's a great story that my mom loves to tell. Um, but there was a, it was a very different experience for both of us. I loved it. My mom was in fear the entire time. The, the captain on the way back, or actually once we got back, told us that if it was like that, he would have never taken us out to begin with. And I'm glad that he told us, and my, especially my mom, that after we got back rather than before we got in the boat. Um, but man, storms are crazy, and storms for a lot of us have different experiences. For some of us, storms uh, can be a lot easier. For others, storms hit uh, diff us differently in different ways. And so today, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a a passage of scripture in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41, that talks about a storm that the disciples and Jesus were in. 
So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me, and if you don't have your physical Bible, you can open up your phone and turn there. But we're going to be in this passage at the end of Mark chapter 4, again, 35 through 41 today. Let's read this together. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. The other boats were there with him. And a great storm arose, and the waves were, beat, were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. He was in the stern, asleep on cushions. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And, he's, and they were filled with a great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So here's a quick summary of what we just read of this passage. Jesus and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee, a pretty normal place for them to be. In a panic, a storm kind of arose pretty quickly. All the disciples are pretty scared. Jesus is asleep. Jesus is woken up pretty abruptly by his disciples. And Jesus, before even answering his disciples, before even talking to them, he rebukes the storm and calms it. And then he questions his disciples about their faith. And then the disciples are left in awe. And that's really just how the passage ends. We don't have really a resolution to how the disciples responded in this moment. They were just left in awe. Before we unpack this passage, though, really what we do, what I encourage you guys to do in any passage that you study, is to look at a couple different aspects of it to get a background for this passage, or really for any passage. So uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this passage kind of as a whole, the whole book of Mark as a whole. And we're going to look at it through a, a, a historic lens and really a literary lens. So the Gospel of Mark really uh, is different than a lot of the other Gospels, is, a, is different than Matthew and Mark or Matthew and Luke, excuse me, because it doesn't uh, start with a purpose statement. A lot of scripture, a lot of passages, a lot of them are letters that are written to somebody. And they kind of start with a header of like, hey, this is what this book is going to contain. That's not really the case with Mark. Though as we read Mark, there's really an overarching goal that really helps us throughout the whole passage. And that is Mark, that he wants his readers to understand the meaning of Jesus and what he's done. And really, how we can be a disciple for Jesus. It's pretty widespread consensus that the book of Mark uh, was written somewhere in between 65 and 75 AD. Again, this is a time uh, that's, I would say, similar to 2020. This was right at the height of the Jewish rebellion against Rome. There was mass persecution against both the Jews and the the, the Christians at the time. Again, the, the temple in Jerusalem had just been destroyed. So the Gospel of Mark was written during a pretty difficult time, especially for the early church. Themes throughout Mark are encouraging its readers, encouraging the early church, encouraging the disciples to continue to build your faith in challenging circumstances. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Maybe 2020 as a whole? 
Let's just pray it's not 2020 as well, or 2021 as well. But unlike the Gospel of Matthew and Luke, we see that in those two books, the writers start uh, with the birth narrative of Jesus. We looked at that a couple nights ago. With Luke chapter 2 is a really famous verse that some of you guys may even read on Christmas morning. I know growing up, that was before we opened any presents. My dad always read Luke chapter 2. Both Matthew and Luke open up with the birth narrative of Jesus. Matthew, or Mark does not do that. Mark actually opens up with the baptism of Jesus, with the calling of disciples, with healing and teaching and preaching. So a little bit different than the other two. So by the time we get to Mark chapter 4, the story and the narrative of Jesus is well underway. It's a lot different than the other books that we see. We see that this is really all building up to, again, like I said, who Jesus is and becoming a disciple of Jesus. So we get to dive into today's passage. There's really two questions that I want us to answer together. And those questions are, what is Mark saying to his readers about their faith in difficult times? And the second one is, what is Mark trying to tell his readers about Jesus in the kingdom of God? What is Mark saying to his readers about their faith in difficult times? And then what is Mark trying to tell his readers about Jesus in the kingdom of God? So now that we have a little background to the overarching book of Mark, let's dive into this passage specifically. We can start by saying who is involved in this experience. Well, it's a group of men called the disciples. And Jesus in a boat in the Sea of Galilee. If we look at the disciples, if we look at this time, this is a pretty normal thing. Why is it normal? Because a number of the disciples were fishermen. They were fishermen, they had spent time, they had spent a lot of their life in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. It's a lot of times how they traveled. They either walked or they took boats. So this is a pretty ordinary story the way it starts. You see it a lot all throughout Scripture is how they traveled. They got in a boat, they went across to the other side, or they went here or there in a boat. So this is a very pretty ordinary story. Until two uh, verses later in Mark 37 when it reads this. A great windstorm arose. The waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Out of nowhere, this nasty storm comes. And let's be honest, even if you love thrill, even if you love excitement, I loved excitement. My mom, on the other hand, was not so, so keen on it. But in this story, I think everybody would have been terrified. The reason for that is these men understood what the sea did. They understood storms. They had been through storms before. But this storm was a little bit different. On that night, they were terrified. Imagine a place that you feel comfortable in. Because that's what these men did. They felt comfortable at the sea. They felt comfortable on the water. Imagine being terrified in that moment. What's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. He's sleeping on the bottom of the boat on some nice cushions. Of all things, he's fast asleep. And what does his disciples do? Kids, Yes, they did not like nicely go down there. Like your mom and dad probably wake you up most mornings, like, hey, Jesus, it's, it's time to wake up. Sorry, I know you're sleeping, but like, it's time to go. Like, no, like it wasn't like that. It, it wasn't like probably the way that like you kids probably woke up your parents. 
on Christmas morning, right? Like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it was actually a little bit more like that. Maybe you ran in there sprinting, jumping on mom and dad's bed to wake up those, wake them up so you could have those presents. No, what, what we see here is that they were terrified. And they had every right to be. They go in there and they say, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Another word for perishing is dying. So these men that felt safe, that felt like this was their place, that were comfortable in this scenario, this storm was so bad that they felt like they were dying. Man, do we ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like Jesus is sleeping in the midst of your storms? Do you ever feel like Jesus is sleeping in the midst of your troubles? Have you ever asked him, Jesus, do you even care about me? Do you care about what I'm going through? The disciples were asking some of those questions in that moment. Like, Jesus, like, do you not care about us? Do you not care that we're perishing? Have you asked that question this year? Have you asked that question this year of like, teacher, do you even care about what's happening in our world? Teacher, do you, do you care about this political unrest that we have? Teacher, do you care about this virus that's, that's shredding lives? Teacher, do you even care about what's, what is happening with my job? Teacher, do you care that my kids can't go to school and see their friends? Like, teacher, do you care? Man, I love Jesus' response to this. Because first and foremost, what does he do? Before he even addresses his disciples, he rebukes the storm. Love this response by Jesus. The end of 41, who then is this that even the winds and the sea shall obey him? Guys, I think we get accustomed, if you've read this, this passage or really any accounts of Jesus, if you spent time studying the word, I think we get accustomed to miracles. I think we get accustomed to stories that we've heard time and time again. I think we forget to still be amazed of who Jesus is and what he did and what he is doing and what he is going to do. This account can and should shift our understanding of who God is. This account should and can shift our understanding of who Jesus is. He has authority over everything. And this is the moment that Jesus shows up and decides to take control. Even in the midst of our storm, which we're going to see this video here in a second, we are, we're all going through different storms, but are we going to allow God to come into our storm? Are we going to trust God in our storms, or are we going to continue to trust ourselves? Let's watch this video of a, of a friend that you guys will probably recognize of how he trusted in Jesus in this storm. Daniel, what is your name and how old are you? My real name is Daniel, and my nickname is Danny, and I am seven years old. You're seven years old. When is your birthday? February 27th. Awesome, so you're almost eight years old. Danny, what's been the best part about this year? Maybe playing video games. Playing video games. Do you have a favorite video game? Clash Royale. Tell us a little bit about what decision you made a couple weeks ago. Uh, what was the decision that you made with mom and dad? Uh, a Game Cube. 
Except I've seen Jesus. Do you remember the exact date for that? Well, I don't really remember the exact date, but Mom wrote it down. Mom wrote it down, yeah. November um, 14th, and then she thinks it was November 4th. I might think it's in October or November. It, like what? Now that you to Jesus, what's kind of the next thing? Do you remember what is going to happen maybe when you're eight years old? Or maybe... Um, Next year, maybe. Yeah, maybe next maybe year. Maybe this year. Maybe. What, what's what's going to happen? Baptized. Well, hey, Danny, thanks for sharing. Thanks for uh, allowing God to use you. And I am excited that God uh, is alive and active and that you made the decision to trust in Jesus. It's encouraging to see kids make that decision. It's, a, it's encouraging to see anybody make that decision. In the midst of a storm in the midst of a lot of things changing, especially for our kids and our students. Like I think it's probably a little bit easier for us, maybe as adults, maybe, to, to weather storms, because we've gone through a lot more. We've gone through a lot more storms than, than what our kids and our students have experienced. And it's cool that even a seven-year-old can understand that like, he needs Jesus. He, he can't go through this life alone. He needs Jesus today and tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, and he made that decision. He trusted in Jesus. I think it's cool also, I love how kids uh, still question their parents, still question uh, what, what their parents think and what their parents say. Like, I love that story of like, my mom said the 14th of November, but like, could have been the 4th, maybe October, but like, what my mom said is probably not right. Even though like, let's be honest, moms, like if your kid accepts Jesus, like you know you're remembering that date. It's in your calendar, it's on the wall, you're posting on Facebook, like you're excited about that. Like, and then the seven-year-old still has the nerve to question, like I don't think so. But man, it's so cool to watch kids and people respond to the gospel. Earlier I asked a couple questions and I said we're going to answer these questions together. That first question was, what is Mark saying to his readers about their faith in difficult times? He's saying to trust Jesus no matter what. No matter what, trust Jesus. Just like Danny, if you've never trusted in Jesus ever, you can. I think it's difficult for some of us to admit that we need somebody else. I think it's difficult for some of us to realize that we need somebody else all the time. It was difficult for the disciples, the, the people that were the closest with Jesus, and that's what they did. The people that knew Jesus the best, who'd spent the most time with Jesus outside of his mom, they still needed to, tr to trust Jesus. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus, Jesus before, and you're like Danny, like, hey, like, today's my day. I need to trust Jesus. In the storm that I'm going through, or maybe you're like the disciples that you have been following Jesus for a while and you understand who he is, but actually like today you actually need to trust Jesus because you've taken the reins of your life and you're like, I don't know if I trust him. And you need to continue to put your hope and your trust in who he is. Verse 440 says this, Jesus asked a double question, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? He's asking a double question, and really the second question emphasizes the first question. He connects their fear 
to their lack of faith. And the beautiful thing about this text and these questions is that he's not just asking his disciples. Remember, when, we, when this was written, Mark was writing this to the early church who had just gone through some really trying times. So yes, Jesus asked this directly to his disciples, but then Mark is asking this of the early church, and I'm asking this of you today. Have you still no faith? I I love how he doesn't, again, answer this. The disciples get there in a little bit, which we'll get to. But man, the early church was under a lot of persecution, and they had to answer this question. And I I want to ask you the same. What are the storms that you're currently going through in life right now? What are the storms that you are currently going through right now in life? For some of you, it could be a a financial struggle. Maybe because of a loss of a job or a reduction of hours. Maybe for you, that storm that you're going through is the battle at home. Because you got kids at home that aren't in school. And let's be honest, if you're a mom right now, or a dad right now, or a grandma that's watching kids during school, you know that's a storm. Maybe your storm is right now that you've actually lost somebody in this season. Maybe your storm right now is just isolation. You feel isolated from other people. You don't know what to do. You don't know who you can see or who you should see. Maybe it causes you to worry, to stress, to panic, to have anger, to have fear. My question is, is that feeling stronger than your faith? Robert Gulich, a seminary professor at Fuller Theological Seminary out in California, says this about this passage. The disciples' fear of the storm overwhelmed their commitment to Jesus and their confidence that he did care for them. Their fear caused them to ask if he even cared. Fear caused them to ask if he even cared. I think we understand this all too well because when we feel overwhelmed, we probably ask some of the same questions. We probably doubt. We probably struggle with confidence in the Lord when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like there's no way out, when we feel like the disciples in a place of of comfort, in a place that we understand, a place that we feel safe, and then the walls are slowly closing in around us, or like the disciples, the water's quickly coming in the boat, and we don't know what to do, and we lose our confidence in the one that we should have confidence in. The guys who lived with Jesus, that had a relationship with Jesus, that saw him perform miracles, that literally lived with Jesus for three and a half years. If those men can doubt, I think we all can. But just like Jesus calmed the storms that day on the Sea of Galilee and invited them to have deeper faith, Jesus wants to calm the storm that you are currently in. He wants to calm the storm that you're currently in. He wants to invite you in to deeper faith in him. We have a student that did just that. 
We have a student that uh, a couple months ago took some time to invest in other people. We're going to watch a short video. Uh, she kind of talks about why she did what she did. My name's Maddie. I'm an eighth grader, and I made blessing bags for those experiencing homelessness. Maddie, what's been the hardest part about this year? The hardest part of this year was not being able to hang out with my friends like normally, not social distance, and not really being able to go anywhere without three different masks and shields and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Maddie, in a year where everything was taken away, so much has changed for all of us, especially like kids, middle school and high school students like yourself. Why did you decide uh, to do this? Why did you decide to make uh, blessing kits, blessing bags for people that were experiencing homelessness? Uh, whenever me and my family drive by someone on the street, we try to give them something, but all we have is usually like cash or something like that, which isn't going to help them very much. So um, I made these blessing bags so you can put them in your glove box and hand them out when you need to. Yeah, Maddie, tell us a little bit about, that. Tell us a little bit about how you decorated and why you guys decorated. Like, kind of tell us like, what you put in some of those Bibles. In the Bibles, we used stamps and we, made, and we wrote down little Bible verses that meant something or were important and that they should probably read, and we put those in the Bible. We also highlighted them. We personalized them a little bit, too. We used washi tape and markers, and made them all nice and fun. Maddie, I think it's really cool that you have a heart uh, to serve people. Even in this crazy season, you're still finding ways to serve people and serve others. It's cool watching God work in the life of people especially in the life of students when so much, like I said in the video, has changed for them. Not going to school, not being able to probably see the, their friends. Like, there's been so much that has changed, and they're still having an opportunity to, like, hey, like, I still have an opportunity to share who Jesus is and what he's done with other people. So we have, you might have seen these on the way in. Uh, we have a bunch of the, the blessing bags that Maddie and her small group made uh, at both doors. I encourage you to take some of those with you, uh, to put them in your glove box, to put them in your car, uh, and as you see somebody who is experiencing homelessness, uh, to give those away, to let those be light into darkness. I think it's really cool uh, that Maddie had this. Uh, it was kind of cool. It didn't get shared in the video, but Maddie did this all because she just wanted to. She raised uh, over $700 uh, for this, she bought all the supplies, and then her small group and some moms from our, our church put these together. So this is not something that I encouraged or small groups would encourage. This was something that she uh, had a burden for and she wanted to do. So I'm excited that we get to partner with Maddie and her small group and watch these blessing bags go out to uh, the community of Pharmacy and Hills, to, again, to people who are exp experiencing homelessness. We get to answer the second question here. What is Mark trying to tell his readers about Jesus and the kingdom of God? Mark is telling his readers that we can experience the kingdom of God now. We get, can experience the kingdom of God now. We don't have to wait that when we live a life full of faith for Jesus, love for him, love for other people, when we live on mission, we get a glimpse into what the kingdom of God is. 
when we get to do that and we have an opportunity to, or you guys have the opportunity to do that today, and yes, we get to fill a couple different needs. We get to fill a, a physical need by some of the things that are in that, those blessing bags that they are going to fill a physical need for people. There's a couple snacks, there's some socks, there's some toothbrushes. Again, we're going to fill a physical need, but also we're going to fill a spiritual need. There's some Bibles and some tracts in there that, again, our, our girls have spent some time writing in, praying over, highlighting special verses that I'm excited to see the fruit of as those get shared with people who need hope in this season. Who need hope in this season that I would say most of our society overlooks. Let's continue reading this last verse together. Mark 4, 41 reads this. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The disciples who knew who Jesus were, they had seen his miracles. They had heard his teachings. And they say, who is this? They were in awe of who he was. Because I believe it's an important question for us to ask each and every day. Who is this? Whether you know who Jesus is as your Lord and Savior, or if you've been following him forever, I think it's really important for us to ask this question, who is this? Because it has direct impact over our fear and our faith. I think Mark closes with this question, and he doesn't answer it, because he wants us to answer it for ourselves. Jesus asked this of the disciples because he just wanted them to, to think and ponder on it. Mark asked the church the early church at the time, he wanted them to answer this question. He didn't want to give them the answer. He wanted them to actually wrestle with this storm. He wanted them to actually wrestle this, wrestle with their faith, wrestle with their fear, and then ultimately make their decision for themselves to turn to Jesus. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe this year has been a year of wrestling be, be, with your fear and your faith and just not knowing which one you're going to follow, which one you're going to, is going to control you that day. Jesus is just waiting for you to turn to him. These, these verses challenge us to take stock of our fear. They challenge us to take stock of our faith and have deeper faith in the midst of troubling circumstances. So I ask you, who is this? Who is Jesus to you? We know where Mark is headed with the story. If you've read the Bible, you know where Mark's headed in a couple chapters. He's headed to the cross where Jesus died so that you and I can have a relationship with him. Again, if you, if you know this story, you know again where he's headed after that. He didn't stay dead. But he raised from the dead. He conquered death. Again, to show authority that he has over death. The Gospel of Mark shares a powerful story of the kingdom of God. Jesus does not sleep while we suffer. And I'll be the first to admit that, that that's tough this year. And just nine months ago, our world turned upside down. And I'm going to be honest, there's been moments in my life, especially in these last nine months, where I've questioned this. Or I've questioned, where I've doubted, like, 
like, Lord, what are you doing right now? And I've had to take stock of my fear. I've had to take stock of my faith. And I've had to trust him. The storms of our life will not overtake us. No matter how bleak they get, they will not overtake us. Because Jesus has authority over everything. I believe Mark is inviting each of us today and every day to wake up Jesus in your life. When life gets overwhelming, which let's be honest, 2020 was pretty overwhelming. When worry, stress, panic, anxiety, depression set in, who are you going to trust? Are you going to have faith in the one who, overco- who overcame it? Who is this? He is the one who calmed the storm. Both that day on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples, and he's also the same one that can calm the storm in your life. He is the only one worthy of our, of our faith. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you that you are a God that loves us. You are a God that is in control. And you have been in control. And so, Father, we just pray for the storms that we're all going through, how they're a lot different for a lot of us. But at the end of the day, they're, they're storms. And Father, I just pray that this year, today, that we would continue to put our trust and our faith in you. That we understand that this year has been a trying year. It's been a difficult year. But Father, it's not a year that you're not in control. Father, we just thank you for this passage that we get to look at today. So we get to look at the disciples who knew you, that lived with you, that saw your miracles. Father, they even had moments of doubt. And that's normal. But Father, please let us not stay in moments of of doubt. Father, I, I thank you for Danny. I thank you for the new life that he is, for the brother in Christ that he is, that we get to rejoice with the angels because he is one with you. That he has a relationship with you, Father. That yes, we get to see, hopefully in a couple weeks or a couple months, him make that decision to be baptized. And we get to watch him grow up and become a young man of God that you are creating him in to be. So we rejoice with that that new life, Father. Father, we just thank you for, for Maddie, for the decision that she made and for the burden that you put on her heart to serve a group of people that are so often neglected. Father, I pray for these blessing bags as they go out today and this week and this month in the greater Farmington Hills area. Father, I pray for the people that they are going to go to, for the storms that they're experiencing right now, that they would just realize and know that you love them, that you created them in your image. And so, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for students and for kids that are, that are changing the world around them. Father, but ultimately we thank you for you. We thank you for your son. Thank you that you are in control. Father, we love you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. 
Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.